like just like every day, I've, I've, I'll come to you. I just, like, I did a test the other day. I got online and I looked at the stuff.co.nz Facebook page. And they only post during the day because apparently even journalists like sleep. Thank you, Jesus. It's why I'm a late night owl because it's when everybody else stops posting. And it's like, oh, it's calm and it's quiet. But in the 14 hours from sunup to sundown, over the course of 14 hours, staff posted 28 articles on their Facebook page. That's one every half hour. Do you know how many of them were about something other than COVID? Not one. Not one. Now, I'm kind of talking about it so we can get out of the way. Because I'm not, I don't, I just feel like all we talk about is COVID. Like, I want to create a website called Another News. I don't even care if it's good news, just other news. Like, 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 just tell me something else. I don't care if it's about a cat that got stuck in the tree, just literally something else. And, and we either fall on one end of the scale or the other, and I'm not, here to, I'm not here to ask you which side they're on. I'm not interested in polarizing the room. I Actually, I can empathize with all sides where some of us are passionately against things. It's, it's nothing, it's this. Other people are going, it's everything, it's whatever. The, the truth is Jesus is the only thing that matters. Amen. And, yes. and, and, and family, and, and, and I just wonder how much of it is robbing our time from other things unnecessarily. And so I'm addressing it this morning so that we can move on, really. Because I know, you know, because, yeah, but I, I, honestly, I was this week and I just go like, I just feel like there's so much. Like, I don't want to add to people's load. I don't want to add to your information overload this week. I don't want you to come to church and go, you know what, I was stressed before I walked into church and then I walked out and the pastor had given me another six things that, you know, that I was supposed to do and I don't know where that fits. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. And so, yeah, there's a bin over here. Check it. You know, just write down the notes this morning and then just... Good. It's about the same as what most of you do anyway. You, you write them in that journal and then you never read it ever again. Like I'm not, I'm not having. Like I do the same thing. You ever done that? You like write a, you know, you you, you sit in a in a sermon at a conference and you go, that's really good. That's I'm coming back to that. Never. Like you know, I was looking through my journal the other day and go, did I write that? I say I can't. Re- I, I remember that. But the reality is, we 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 input, but our output's already overloaded. And so, what good is more input if we're already at capacity? And so, so I kind of went, God, I, just, I, I couldn't find unction to write. I couldn't find unction to, 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 to articulate because I just went, I don't, I, they don't want to hear. And so I don't want to speak. Let's cancel church and let's go to KFC or something. <laughs> don't sound too keen because we're still here, right? It's, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> this morning, I don't want to add to your load. I want to lighten your load. Because the Bible says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And here's what I know this morning. I, I just, just through a survey of the room, we've all got burdens. You know, it might not be the media thing at the moment, but you've got something, right? We've all got stuff that's going on. And if I was going to give what I'm doing this morning, and I, again, I'm not really sure what it looks like. It, something's got to give. 
There's a title for you. Something's got to give. Because if something doesn't give, eventually you will. Right? You'll break. Something will just, I can't do it anymore. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about capacity. I'm going to talk a little bit about, but the goal is not right now to add to your capacity. I don't, I don't want you, this morning I want to take something away. And so if you came this morning and you're like the one person in the room who went, I really need more information. Like, God bless you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I guarantee that actually if that's like, if you came here this morning looking for something, I guarantee the most freeing thing that I can do in Jesus' name is take something away. Take something away. And you'll walk out going, actually, what I had was there all along. It was just hidden under some other stuff. Can we do that? I want to... Um, I want to start with the scripture. Jeremy, bless you. I won't make you do that the whole morning. It does make me sound holy, but it's, um, yeah, you can. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's like when, when something makes you sound holy, it's not you. It's the, like, it's, you take it away, then it's like, that was the holy thing, right? Again, you take Jesus away and we're just, yeah, that's right. God bless you. Yeah, you want to grab? Yep. Hi. Sorry. Um, this is not my favorite thing to do. But this morning when I sat with Jesus, he said he was talking about the blood. And I reached a point in my life not so long ago where the only prayer I had was, Jesus, help me stay. I had more to leave the church than I did to stay. And that was my prayer. And I ended up watching The Passion again. And every time I do, it's amazing. And he speaks to me really greatly. But this morning he goes, I want to speak about the blood. And he said, you know, when you cut yourself, just a little cut, it's just a light blood. But you know when you cut yourself deeply, it's, it's deep and it's rich and it's clotted and it's darker. And there's a lot more life in it. And what I think, and then he sort of went into like medieval kings and queens and we're called to be holy and a king like a royal priesthood and set apart and what he wants to do is he wants you to let him cut he doesn't want you to just put out your finger and go here you can have this much he wants you to just really step up and say God cut me because sometimes we've got the sword of the spirit and we're waving it at everybody else but there's things inside that he wants to use by releasing it on us so I think this morning he's asking you just to take a step and ask him to cut really deeply. All right. Just by point of clarification this morning, I just want you to catch the heart of what Angelica is saying. We're talking metaphorically, right? Not a church that promotes self-harm in any way. No, I'm not joking. I'm being, I'm quite serious, all right? Um, yeah, so take that receipt, but if that's a thing, yeah, I, I'm just aware that if, that's all. But yeah, I, I know that's not the heart of what Angelica's saying, and I just want to make sure that it's not the heart of what you're hearing. Does that make sense? So I want to talk about, there's, there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible. Uh, yeah. Talk about blood. I want to talk about oil this morning. Um, blood is often symbolic of Jesus. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the things of God. And 
Let, let's start here. Second Kings, we've already been there once today in chapter 6, but I want to go back now to chapter 4. I just want to read your story, and then we'll see where we go from there. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asks. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And so often, we would usually springboard off this to talk about what have you got, and we talk about what you need to put in. We talk about all, all of, you know, what have you got in your hand? I don't want to add anything this morning. What have you got in your house? And she says, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There are no more, he told her, and the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. Here's, here's my reflection this week. If oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the things of God, the power of God, it's important to recognize this morning that the widow's oil stopped, or the oil of God stopped, when the widow ran out of capacity to receive it. Right? When she had jars, we're talking, we're talking a supernatural miracle. She starts with a flask, and every jar, they, they just keep pouring, and the oil just keeps coming. You're going, I don't know how this works. Mike's got a magic trick like that, but it's different. It's, it's not supernatural. It's an illusion. But in this case, we're talking supernatural. The oil keeps coming. She says, bring me another jar. He says, there's no more, and the oil stops. As long as she had capacity to receive, God had capacity to give out. So this morning, I don't want to give you anything. I want to take something away. Because my hope is, and here's what, and I've heard this term used a fair bit over the last wee while. I just, tell me if you said something, maybe just a show of hands if you've said something like this. I just feel like I'm at capacity. I just... I just feel like I, you know, you, you might have said, I've got no more something to give that we're not allowed to talk about, right? Like, I, I, like it's just, it's gone. It's out of me. I don't even know, I don't even feel like I've given that much. I just don't have any more of it. I tell you something, you don't have an oil problem. You don't have an oil problem. God does not have an oil problem. We have a capacity problem. How do we free up our capacity? It's not mine, I'm okay. You know, like, like I said, 28 posts in 14 hours. 
Every morning you get up, you jump on Facebook, you jump in your email, you jump on one news, whatever your three news, whatever your thing is, and it's just... I read something the other day that says, on average, we used to be exposed to two pieces of news, bad news, like a day if we were lucky. Now you're exposed to 24. And even if you don't care about them, even if you don't take on, every single little one that you entertain or you read takes just a little bit. Just... And before you know it, you go, I just feel like I don't have capacity. And you want proof that you don't have capacity? How many of you have done this where you get somewhere, you get out of your car, and it's the 20th time you've done it, but you still haven't learned because you haven't got the capacity to remember. You get out of the car, you get halfway to the shop, and you go, my mask! Like, I've got to the point where I've got one in my pocket, I've got one in one car, one in the other car, I've got one on my desk, I've got the, and you still get out and go. <laughs> it's amazing how much capacity it takes. Just, you know, and, and there's a term for it. Bo, I gave you, I gave you an image, um, the surge capacity one. Have you got that one there? This is, this is something that I, I saw. Well, that's me. Jeez. No, not that one. No, no, no. Let's, no, no, no. No, you're ruining my punchline. Go away. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Don't look. Everybody look that way. I just gave you an image. Did you get the JPEG one that I gave you? Okay. All good. Anyway. Surge capacity is, is what happens in your brain, is what happens in your life, and it's, it's designed in an emergency to, like, compel you to action. Right? It's designed in such a way that when something happens, okay, you, you're a parent, bear with me for a moment. Your child, you know, you're, and you're like me, you're a lazy parent, right? You're like, I like to sit down. Emma likes to stand up, I like to sit down. And so you're sitting, and someone says to Emma, will say something like, can you get something out of the fridge? You're like, yep, in a minute. Or, you know, and you're, like, yeah. and you've got to find all this energy within you to like get yourself off the couch. I know I'm just preaching to myself this morning, but like, but you're sitting on a park bench. At, the, at, the, at a pond, and your child suddenly runs past towards the water. You don't go, oh, my goodness me, I'm just... You're like, you're off that bench. That's called surge capacity. There we go. What is surge capacity? It's a collection of adaptive systems, mental and physical, that humans draw on for short-term survival. I'm really good at short-term survival. An, actual, an acutely stressful situation such as natural disasters, or just parenting at least twice a day, <laughs> right, my people. The problem is that we don't have a very good way of identifying when that crisis is over sometimes, or sometimes the crisis, to use, the, the, uh, use other words, has a long tail, and so it kind of goes on, and so our capacity surges and never really goes, okay, the threat's gone. It's okay, we can... And so we kind of just live, despite the fact that we go, ah, oh, you know, right now, most of us are here because in some sort of capacity we go, you know, yep, level two, but it's all right. I'm, I'm not really that worried. I'm, I'm vigilant. I'm not being careless. But I'm, the, the fear isn't that I'm like, I'm going to stay at home and not, like, I'm not going out because so somewhere... And yet in the back of our heads, it's always just going on, isn't it? Every time you hear that on the radio, you go, oh. we, one of the things we noticed in our family is that any time the 1 a.m. report would come on, our daughter would start misbehaving. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. <laughs> it's any wonder she was misbehaving at 1 a.m. It's just, 
go to bed, go to sleep. But it had just come up. Why? Because it was just, we'd, we'd suddenly adapted this routine, right? And so we do all these things. You can get rid of that. But again, I don't, I want to give you something that doesn't just bless you today. I want to give you something that I will not give, take something away that I think will bless you ongoing. Any Star Trek fans in here? I'm usually a Star Wars fan, but I get into a little bit of Star, Star Trek. And I've been playing, I've gone back, nostalgia. The graphics are terrible, but the nostalgia is good. 1997, Star Trek Starfleet Academy. Honestly, I've been doing it. And one of the things is, you know, all these, you, gotta, you go on these space missions to boldly go where no person's gone, you know, you've got to do all the different things. And, and one of the things that you've got to, you're still struggling to get your fingers apart, and it's just, he's working on that for the next 30 minutes. It's, <laughs> um, and one of the things that you have to do is you've basically got to prioritize the ship's power for the mission you're going on. And some of those missions are diplomatic. Some of them are less diplomatic, uh, more aggressive. I want to show you. Now you can put that video up, because this is just the dashboard, right? And what you'll notice, I just I'll watch the video first, and then... So this is me trying to put full power to my warp, my shields, my impulse drive, my sensors, my life support, my tractor beam, my photon torpedoes, my phasers, and then my hull, whatever the heck that is. Um, I think that's important somewhere. So yeah, the, the front. Yeah, thank you. It's, so what you'll notice is that every time you try to boost one, something else drops. Why? Because you have a finite capacity. There is only so much power that you are capable of producing. And what really annoys me is how quickly the shields drop before anything else in that game. It's like you go, I need a little bit more. No! It's like a, it's like a juggling act because it's a, you can only distribute the energy in so many different ways. And yet in society, we try to distribute the energy all of the ways. Right? All of the ways. This is why... Mental health is such a thing. Like, as someone who struggles with, I'm not sitting here as an expert, I'm sitting as someone who daily battles with my mental health. Usually, it's because I'm trying to put all of my bars on full. My family, my church, my you know, personal faith, my, my hobbies, my whatever else it is. And somewhere, something's got to give. And we spend all of our time, you know, much like that video of going, I'm going to take this up, I'm going to take this up, I'm going to take this up, I'm going to take this up. We never actually go, what would happen if I brought that one down? That the strategy they learn is, oh, I don't need my torpedoes on this one. Let's just ease that down. And so my, what I'm getting at, I guess, is to go, if the oil stopped when the capacity ran out, what can we do to free up our capacity? My computer has been struggling with 2021. And I went through and I had the solution. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to delete half of my hard drive. I'm just going to go through. There's too much space. It's almost full. So I wiped it all out. And it was still just as slow as the day before. So then I talked to someone who actually knows a little bit about computers. And they said, your disk space doesn't matter if your CPU is like, you've got too many tabs open. You've got too many icons on your desktop. You're trying to do too many things at once. And it's ready to die. Right? If this is true for a machine. See, yeah, a lot of you are going, I'm going home this afternoon to look at the CPU on my computer. I, I couldn't help you. Talk to Bo if you need help with that. But so, so, so my point is, like, again, you, you don't actually have a hard drive problem. 
You know, the science says that the human brain is so many thousand, trillion, whatever, I don't know, like you've got a lot of space up in there because you're still learning and you will continue to learn. And sometimes we think, oh, my head's just too full. Your head's not too full because your head's got bucket loads of room. I'll tell you right now, every single person in here has at least 50% more space in their brain. Some of you got way more. Some of you maybe less. But <laughs> backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But the point is every single one of us has space. What we don't necessarily have is processing power. Capacity. How's your capacity? If you were to look at yourself right now and go, actually, how's my capacity? And, and here's a couple of telltale signs. When your phone rings and it's an unknown number, or maybe it's a known number, maybe it's the pastor. Your phone rings and it's your mother. Or your phone rings and it's, it's, it's one of your employees or it's one of your colleagues or it's your boss. What does your heart immediately do? Do you go, oh, I, just, oh, I just don't know. I, I used to find this right. I worked in a contact center and all day you'd answer phones. All day you'd just be on the phone, on the phone, on the phone. We'd get home in the evening and he would be like, you order the fish and chips. I'm like, I ain't touching a phone. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and so when our capacity is stretched, then even the little things seem like massive things because we just don't have room to fit them. And so I guess what I'm trying to say this morning is I want to give you permission to close some tabs. But I want to implore you, make sure you close the right tabs. See, because here's one of the things that I've learned in capacity. Again, we have physical capacity, we have mental capacity, we have spiritual capacity. All these things that, uh, you know, and some of them are finite, right? Like, you, no matter what you do, you cannot add more hours to your week. That capacity is limited. Some people go, if I just had another day, I'm like, it's like the one about, I, I always used to think that the problem with my house was I just needed a week at home to clean. And then I went into four weeks of lockdown and realized that wasn't the problem, right? <laughs> it wasn't a time thing. So, so, so you can't get any more hours, but you can prioritize them, right? Mental capacity, there's things that we can increase, there's things that we can't increase. Spiritual capacity, there's things we can do, there's things we can't. One of the things that we, where am I going with this? Hang on. Jump with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, is to give you life. It says them a rich and satisfying life. The translation I probably should have used was the NIV, which says life and life to the full. See, Jesus came to give you a full life. In, in 2 Kings chapter 4, he wanted to fill the jars. But there is a fullness that is not God's plan. I mean, how many people here go, I've got a full life? Any of you go, I've got, I got a full life, if I'm being honest. It's full, it's full, it's full. And here's what I've learned. There's things we can do. There are some activities that will build capacity and some, some things that will erode capacity. See, but often instead of building capacity, we borrow capacity. And often we borrow capacity from the capacity building things in our lives. I'll, I'll give you an example. The first thing I tend to do when I'm stressed, and if I'm the pastor, I know you do it too. The first thing I tend to do when I'm under the pump is cancel my prayer time. Right? Don't look at me like you haven't done it. <laughs> right? The first thing we do is I'm, I don't have time to pray. Because this person needs me, this, 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 whatever. So we borrow. We got, I had an hour booked there, but I can reuse it. And then we get to the end. Can I tell you something, though? 
If I've ever put an extra two hours of prayer into my week, it's never drained my capacity. Does that make sense? So there's some things that you can put into your life that actually are capacity builders. Bible says if you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. But often what we do is we swap the things that build capacity for the things that drain capacity. Because the things that drain capacity give us that short-term reprieve before we go, oh, no, that didn't work at all. And then you get to the point where you go, maybe I should try, you know, out of desperation, we try prayer and go, man, I should have done that weeks ago. We try reading our Bible or we try attending a life group or we try doing this. There are things that we can do that can build capacity. There are things that we can do that can erode, but we tend to give up the things that build for the things that erode. I just want to show you this. Um, I used this in an illustration several years ago, so some of you this won't be new information to, but Bo, do you want to play that, um, that video, the other one? Count how many times the players wearing white pass the ball. The correct answer is 16 passes. Did you spot the gorilla? For people who haven't seen or heard about a video like this before, about half missed the gorilla. If you knew about the gorilla, you probably saw it. But did you notice the curtain changing color or the player on the black team leaving the game? Let's rewind and watch it again. Here comes the gorilla, and there goes a player, and the curtain is changing from red to gold. When you're looking for a gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. Honest show of hands, how many people miss the gorilla, if you're willing to be? Right. And you're going, what the heck is everybody else laughing at? Right? Capacity. We have the ability to interpret so many finite pieces of information at a time. And you might be able to interpret a few more pieces than the next person. Again, in uh, Matthew chapter 25, have you got that verse there, Bo? Uh, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their ability or their capacity, right? And he left them on a strip. Now, you might, you might have the ability, you might be one of these wonderful critical thinkers. You, again, women tend to be able to interpret more pieces of information at once than a man and, and so on, just in, in, because they have to mother and they have to follow the children and work out what their husband's doing because <laughs> men are very quiet there. We know, right? We just can speak. But, so, but we all have a finite capacity somewhere. And if you spend all of your time looking for one thing, you will miss something else. Now, that's true no matter what. You spend all your time focusing on Jesus, you will miss something. The question is, what's worth missing? Right? 
How many things do we get so caught up with trying to keep track of, trying to balance? You know, we, we get up every morning and, we, and it might be you're, you're stressed over your budget or it might be you're stressed over a situation at work or you're, you're stressed about the 28 articles that are, you're not even reading them, but they're there and you're just constantly, or you're, you know, you're sitting and you're Googling and you're trying to process all of this information. Oh, look, again, oh, look, there's new cases just on my phone, right? Like you bring it, it's like there in your face. The first thing that shows up. And we get so caught up in it, and I go, what are we missing? And what's worth missing? What are we focusing? What's taking our time? What's robbing you of your capacity? And so, really, I mean, Jesus, that parable he tells of the kingdom, gives, gives them things according to their ability. Jesus spoke in parables, and one of the things that he often said was, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus, in fact, it says that Jesus spoke in parables so that those who, who were really listening could understand him, right? Which means there were people who were in the presence, the literal presence of Jesus and missed him because their mind was somewhere else, right? How many times are we present with our family but missing them because our mind is somewhere else? Or we're present here, but our mind is on our trouble. In fact, the, the, the Bible says that, and Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection, um, a couple of men on the, road to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. And it says, but they could not see him because their mind was on their troubles. So Jesus is literally among them, but their mind's on something else. I have news for you that will be encouraging and discouraging for some. You can't do everything. You can't see everything. You can't understand everything. Uh, but that's also freeing because it's like, so stop trying. Give yourself, some, give yourself permission to empty a vessel so that God might fill it. What vessels in your life do you need to empty? What vessels in your life do you need to empty? If you give all of your capacity to something, you will miss something else. I'll finish with a few questions. We're going to wrap up nice and early today. Do you have capacity in your life for what God wants to do? Do you have capacity in your life for what God wants to do? Or is it overfull? with everything and the expectations of the world, and this, that, and the other. Question number two, what do you have running in the background? What do you have that's going on in the background that's robbing you of capacity that you don't even realize is open? What's robbing your capacity right now? What's your opportunity cost? Those of you have done economics will understand this too. Economics, the opportunity cost is the thing you give up to pursue something else. It's, not, it's a good thing, but it's, if I pursue that, I can't have that. It's like Taya, we often take her and we go, we go, okay, we're going to the dairy. You can have a milkshake or an ice cream. She's like, what about both? You're like, no. You're going to have one or the other. She goes, and she, you know, and Taya's a deep thinker, so she sits here and she goes, well, I like milkshakes, but I also really like ice cream. 
I would really like milkshake and ice cream, but Dad is being very, very stubborn about the fact that I can only have one. But I know there's ice cream in the freezer at home. <laughs> and so I'll have the milkshake. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we've just got ice cream in it anyway. And then later on at pudding time, I'll go, Dad, because I haven't had an ice cream today. <laughs> but sometimes there's not ice cream back in the freezer at home, right? Sometimes you, you're faced with it's, it's, it's milkshake or ice cream, and you can have one, but you can't have both. Sometimes it's this thing about I can have, you know, I, I can have popularity or, or I can have peace. You know, I can have the upper, I can be right in this argument. Or I can be kind. Right? I love the way that Shane Willard says it. He says, never sacrifice your call. No, sorry. Never sacrifice your right to be right at the altar of being kind. How many times do we do that? I need to win. So I tell you something. Can I, can I tell you right now? What the, what the world does not need is for you to be right. They need you to be kind. I know I sound like a politician <laughs> but they need to see the love and kindness of the church and one of the first people to get to get out to, to practically get venomous in the current climate is the church and it's bad witness so what's the opportunity cost something we've, something's got to give we've got to let go and then finally do you have capacity for somebody else I'll go back to Second Kings chapter 4 to finish Elisha helps a poor widow. She comes and says, a creditor has come to take away my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Verse 2, what have you got in your house? Nothing except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said in verse 3, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Do you have capacity for your neighbor? Or, or if you're honest... Are you so busy just trying to hoard your capacity for yourself? See, because what we tend to do when things get stressful is we consolidate. We go me and mine. You know, you want any further proof of that? You just look at the toilet paper aisle every time we go into level four. <laughs> right? I read a good one the other day that said the fact that some people, you know, if you were at a pizza party and they said that we think there's a shortage of pizza, there's two responses. Go, I will have one piece so there's enough to go around. Or I will have three pieces so I don't miss out. But the call of Second Kings, he says, he says, the solution to your problem is in the shared capacity of your community. This is, this is why Jesus says, what are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In Corinthians, Paul says that we share one another's burdens, and this is the way that we fulfill the law of Christ. If we spend all of our time trying to fill our own capacity, we will have nothing to give our neighbor, and we will all suffer together. But if we all share what we have, if we share our capacity, we share our time, if everybody encouraged one other person, everybody would be encouraged. Yeah? Let me just go through those questions again. Do you have capacity for what God wants to do? What do you have running in the background? What is the opportunity cost? What do you need to give up in order to receive what you need? And do you have capacity to share? As I said this morning, I don't want to give you anything. I want to take something away from you. I want to invite the music team back up. 
I just wonder if we could sing, I speak Jesus. Could we do that? And again, this, maybe it's this rubbish bin for you. Like it's literally an emptying of capacity. I'm screwing this up. I'm throwing it away. But I want you simply in this moment to go, like something's got to give. In my life, in your life, because there's too much going on. Yeah? Like we all know it. But here's the thing. It only goes on because we let it go on. Right? Right? If we could collectively say, no more. And part of that goes, in order for me to stop being stressed, I'm going to stop piling expectations on someone else. I would love every person in this congregation, I would love every person listening on the live stream to be people who are known for lightening the burden of our town, not adding to it. Who use their Facebook profile to ease the burden, not add to it. Who use their words, who use their finances, who use their their compassion and their kindness, everything that you have to lighten someone else's load. And I promise you, your load will get lighter. Don't let what's going on around you get on the inside of you. Pastor Aaron years ago used to say, I was in our devotion, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer just tells you what the temperature of the room is. It reflects what's going on around it. A thermostat sets the temperature. Right now, God is calling the church to set the temperature. And it's not fire and brimstone. It's his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when we speak his name and we come to his throne, then the God of all comfort and the God of all peace becomes our portion. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Let's stand together. Lord, so often we come and we we come to receive. We come looking for more, but if we're honest at the moment, <laughs> we don't know what we do with more. And so instead, Lord, we echo the prayer of Jabez. Increase my capacity. Enlarge my territory. May we together make room for what you have instead of getting caught up with what the world has which is devising and confusing and instead come to the God of all comfort, the God of all peace the God of all hope and know that you Jesus are all that matters Amen Thanks Steve